0: Welcome back to Noob Dad, Pro Dad. I'm David. And I'm Jesse. Let's start off by uh, just sharing who we are. Um, yeah. Tell me, where, so where are you
1: located and, and really what, what do, what's your day-to-day look like? or What do you do professionally? Sure. So I live in Miami, Florida, born and raised here. We've been a part of church planning here in South Florida. And professionally, I serve at a church called Crossbridge. I serve as one of the pastors there, but I also work for Redeemer City to City with Tim Keller, and I have the privilege and the honor to be able to come alongside church planners and their teams and just provide training and coaching. And so so that's what I get to do. It's pretty awesome, I love it. I love what we're doing here. That's great. Tell us about you, where are you guys at? Where are you living these days? So yeah, Gene and I work, I'm basically born and raised
0: in Miami. I've pretty much stayed in Miami all of my you know, education, career, studied graphic design, Graduated in that and kind of worked in that field as a designer, and then it's a motion graphics, and then eventually uh, started working um, in churches doing that kind of you know creative work. So all that was in South Florida. Eventually, Jeannie and I did. Uh, we lived a year in London doing some creative stuff with a nonprofit, and that eventually formed into basically a business that called uh, Vomo V O M O, which is short for Volunteer Movement and uh, online platform for organizing and recruiting volunteers basically the marketing director of our organization and love it out here been in McKinney Texas now for about two and a half years so that's uh, that's a little bit about me so let's dive in a little bit into kind of the Enneagram conversation that we started in our last episode so uh, for just context tell me a little bit like what is the Enneagram what is what are all those numbers like what is what does it mean Essentially in in like a nutshell.
1: Well, the Enneagram is really just a tool to help people understand, you know, with some handles on describing your personality a little bit, why you think, feel and behave in particular ways. And it's kind of centered around like your core fears and your core desires. You know, some people think there's a little controversy around Enneagram because nobody can really pinpoint where did Enneagram actually come from and but at the end of the day it's like anything in life, you know, we can we can abuse it. Um, or we can redeem it, you know, and so there's a there's a say a growing sense of of people in the church that are redeeming the Enneagram to help people sort of discover who they are, how they're wired, and then using it to sort of help them to grow. Um, and and then the word Enneagram just means um, Ennea is short for nine and and gram is diagram. so it's it's got nine sides, you know or mm-hmm. nine kind of points on this diagram, and there's nine different, personality traits. We all have all nine of these, but there's one or two that sort of are more prevalent. And uh, maybe if anybody's familiar with the Myers-Briggs or MBTI, something that also kind of helps describe the Enneagram is that Myers Briggs would be a description of like nature, kind of how you're born. You're born with this part of your personality. But Enneagram is nurture. It describes more or less how you were raised. So the deeper you dive into Enneagram and you understand like your core fears and your desires, you will see a lot of the narrative of your life experience from a kid. So Enneagram would be really tough to do with young kids or teenagers that haven't really kind of come into their own and but the older you get, the more you sort of connect the dots with, you know, your number and kind of the descriptions of that, because you kind of look at that and go, yeah, that's right. Like, because of this past experience that sort of drove me in this direction. And so I love what Beth McCord from your Enneagram coach says is it's like a GPS, you know, it kind of gives us a directional map to know how to navigate, you know, our world a little bit. So, you
0: know, uh, one time my GPS took me way off the path, <laughs> And uh, I ended up in a lake. Oh, actually, no, that was an episode of The Office. Never oh, mind. So. Oh. Um, true story. Okay, and you, you're a parent of four kids. Yep. Is it safe to say that you already have identified pretty much what each of your kids' Enneagram number
1: is? So, with three of them, so we have our youngest is 11. We haven't tried to like, pigeonhole her into like this is your number we think this is your number and even with our older kids like we we know like we've we've come to like some sort of a conclusion like yeah we think this is kind of where you're at um but we also realize that they're still developing so um our 19 year old who's about to be 20 he actually took the assessment and he came out as a nine with a wing eight and so which means he's a peaceful mediator but he's also got this wing where he's going to be like a protective challenger My wife's a nine, but she's a moral perfectionist, which is the one she's going to, she's going to want harmony and peace in the home, but she doesn't like to look wrong where my son who's a nine peaceful mediator also wants harmony, but doesn't really care that much about being right or looking, looking wrong. But he's going to challenge people. And, and he's also going to be the guy who says, no, he's just not going to do something. You know, he's just very mm. dominating and, you know, just a strong character and strong kind of personality. So it's very interesting how even though they're both nines, it kind of comes out in different ways, you know. So and then my my 16 year old, he's a six, which is a loyal guardian. He like if he can't hang with his friends, the world is falling apart for him because <laughs> because he's so loyal. I mean, he has like a small network of friends, like like three or four guys that are his boys, mm-hmm. you know. And he's so loyal to those guys. And anytime we're just like, nah, not this weekend. You can't hang with your boys. He's just like, oh, but I promised them. I promised them that we would play <laughs> basketball this weekend, you know. And he's also very protective of his friends and he's very protective of his family. He's very protective of, of his things. You know, he's just, that guardian in him really comes out, you know? And, um, and then my daughter, who's 13, you know, again, I feel like she's a little too young to like fully describe exactly, but she has this like two, which is the supportive advisor. Loves to Hey, yeah. Tell me your problems. I want to help you out here. And then like, Hey, Zoe, help me do the dishes. Yes, dad. She like, does it. You know, I mean, she's a teenager. There's times she's like, doesn't want to do the dishes, but I'm always, t- I'm telling my wife, man, she's a two, because you always see her like wanting to help and be a part of, of what's going on in, in a supportive way. It's it's just interesting to see the dynamics, you know, and then I come out as a, as a three, which is the successful achiever. So I'm always like, what's the plan? What's the goal? What do we want? You know, what are we trying to accomplish here? Which doesn't always fly well with a peaceful mediator, you know, because you've got six people that have six different desires, you know, and I'm trying to like come up with a game plan and a strategy. And my wife's just like, but we just want peace. Everybody be happy. I'm like, like, screw happiness. We need to like make something happen. (laughs) (laughs) My, my 19 year old keeps threatening to move out. And I'm like, stop threatening. What do you need? You need like, how do, can I help you pack? Can I help you?
0: (laughs) You need an Uber.
1: What do you need? What do you need? okay so
0: uh you have this pretty wide variety of personality types yeah. um in your home and so you as a father like how does that inform how you interact with it? like the whole and
1: then like the individual the most glaring sense of what's in my face is obviously with my spouse you know knowing you know her core fears and her core desires and um, how her personality plays out, not only in our relationship, but in the relationship with the kids. Uh, but then understanding the kids and where they're at and where they're coming from, you know, it's, and it takes work. I mean, it's, it's not easy. The easiest thing for us to do is to lead selfishly, to lead our family selfishly from what we think. We think that everybody should want what we want or what we believe or what we think, but, but to understand where they're coming from and, you know, what their core fears, their core desires and navigating that, you know, takes, Practice, I would say, not just because I might know some of this information, it doesn't necessarily come natural to me. I don't think it comes natural to anybody necessarily. So, what's helped us in our family a lot is just having these conversations. We've got you know, different websites or, or books or um, or Pinterest or Instagram accounts that we follow, and when we come across stuff, we'll read it and we'll be like, "Oh yeah, look, does this resonate with you?" And sometimes my kids are like, "No, that doesn't really resonate to me." Oh, but that does and something that gives us in, that gives us insight as to who they are and who they're becoming so that we know how to talk with them and lead them and 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 help engage them you know as they're growing up.
0: It sounds like a great tool to have. I would imagine outside of some of that your your main uh, default setting is to lead them how maybe how you've been led as a kid by your parents. This is giving you a little bit more context and I love that you guys are having those conversations. I'm so far from that. And obviously
1: uh, I don't have a child that I can talk to just yet. What I I find interesting about you and Jeannie is because she's an entertaining optimist. Like she's always going to believe that I'm sure it's not true. I mean, I know Jeannie obviously is an amazing, wonderful person. The fact that she's already wired to be like an entertaining optimist, a seven um she's the she's the kind of believe the best about people hope the best for people so like even in your marriage you know the the fact that you're a two supporting advisor you know you're like genie what can i do how can i serve you how can i come alongside and pick up you know pick up whatever it's like you know okay you got a you got a full plate this week i can see you're just like what can i do can i get dinner can i can i know so as you add the added responsibility of the new baby Naturally, you, you're you going to come from that place. And then she naturally comes from this very optimistic sort of place. The reason why it's exciting for me is because it's just so natural for you, you guys. Probably have this like very supportive, positive, happy sort of relationship. Now, I'm assuming that based on your numbers. I'm going to read you the two core fear. Of the two is being rejected and unwanted, being thought worthless, needy, inconsequential, dispensable, or unworthy of love. And the core desire is to be appreciated, loved, and wanted. Does that mm. resonate with you at all?
0: I like to be useful wherever I'm at. You know, so in, in a professional context and our home environment, I want to feel like I'm contributing something and that um, that I am helpful. You know, so maybe that is part of that not feeling needed. Or I think if I'm ever in a place where I'm like everyone's handling everything and I don't see an opportunity where I can contribute, mm. then I'm, I'm probably not going to stick around. I'm probably going to go somewhere else or, you know, I, I won't engage it as aggressively as if I found something that I can, oh, I can totally do help with that and then dive in, you know? So I don't know if that answers your question.
1: Yeah. So Beth McCord and her website here, she says the core longing for a two is you are wanted. So you're going to thrive as a dad with a new baby Because you will always be needed. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of like the fact that you're doing your wife's seven. Because like there's always gonna be something for you to do. Like there's just gonna like you're never gonna run out of being needed. And I'm gonna read you the seven, the core fear of the seven is being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, limited or bored, missing out on something fun. The core desires being happy, yeah. fully satisfied, and content. The core longing is you will be taken care of. So check this out. Her core longing is to be taken care of. Your core longing is to be wanted and useful and needed. Boom! Boom. So like, I don't know if you like, I don't know if you guys met on eHarmony <laughs> or not, but like... <laughs> we met at Chipotle, actually. <laughs> over, over, which is basically over some the Oh, uh, <laughs> I just, I can't get off the fact, crap, you and Jeannie are like the perfect freaking batch. I will say this, th- there is, uh,
0: in in the last couple of years, there has, there has been a lot more harmony in our home than, let's say, our first two years of marriage. Our first year of marriage was, I mean, she would admit this, was was the hardest year of probably our mm-hmm. lives. Like, we just, we just did not know, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to deal with conflict I had never, I mean, I'm such a mama's boy. My parents have, like, babied me in, in a great Colombian, you know, South American mm. way. I, I never had anybody challenge me, mm. you know, in mm. any way. And um, and so when we were dating and then we got married and all of a sudden we realized we're stepping on each other's toes, uh, I didn't know how to deal with the sense of hostility that, you know, that, that, she, that she brought to me. She was obviously like, there was stuff I was doing, I can't even remember now, but wasn't thoughtful and it's important for her to for people to be thoughtful and kind of use their brains and not just do stuff you know um and so i had never really experienced actual conflict and then i i thought I was a nice guy and then i would explode i mean our first year marriage like we were yelling at the top of our lungs at each Mm -hmm. other and and it was it was it was ugly and then we just kind of like more and more every year i don't know we are just relationship is kind of been a lot more harmonious and uh and it's great like there's a sense of currency in our home that's uh laughter like Jeannie cracks me up every day I mean she is so so funny and a sweet person I mean I just I'm crazy about her and we just have like a, yeah we do have it's funny I mean it's weird that you would you would come to the conclusion and I hate being defined like that. Like, oh, two and a two and a seven, boom, that's it. This is it. But like, in some senses, you're not. You're not wrong. You know, uh-huh. there is. We do have a great relationship. Um, you know, I'm sure the being parents and having a child that we have to take care of is gonna uh, rock the boat. You know, significantly. But I feel like you know, up to this point, you know, we we've gotten to really, really, really close over yeah. the
1: years. So. You know, earlier I had mentioned that there's a wing, right? So if your main number is the seven, you either have a wing of eight or a wing of six. And the wing of eight is the protective challenger. And the wing of six is the little guardian. My guess this is just a guess, but it'd be interesting to see if you guys took the test again, what comes out. But the entertaining optimist, Genie, it's probably a seven with an eight wing, the challenger. And, yes, and, and I can her. only say, that cause I know Gina, I've known her for a while that I know that she's the person who's like, not going to let you get away with stuff. Like she's, <laughs> yeah. she's going to bring it up. Like, she's going to be like, Hey, you yeah. know, like, let's have a good time, but <laughs> we got to talk about this right now. And, and so it's scary how, how <laughs> accurate that is. And so her. because you're a supportive advisor and supportive advisors, like if they're unhealthy, they tend to like downplay like their own needs and they put other people's needs before their own. And so like if that goes long, if that goes on too long, like her challenging you and you feeling like dang, but what about my needs? (laughs) And what about my needs? You know, that's obviously creates this like, you know, eventual Mm -hmm. you know explosion um, my guess is with you, I mean, I've known you less time, but my guess is that you're a two with a three wing, the successful achiever. I see you as a guy who like really has goals and you want to accomplish some things. You have like vision and trajectory for your life. And like, you know, it's probably part of the, the, the motivation for why you even jumped into this VOMO business, because you can kind of see the big picture and what needs to happen. And so, and in many ways, it's why you compliment each other. But in many ways, it's also where the sort of the conflict, you know, comes up. I would say for Anitra and I, the first 20 years of our marriage was very conflictual, you know? It, it, and then <laughs> Yeah, I was like, dang, it took us 20 years, you know? Um, and then, like, now we're, we're coming up on 24 years. And, like, man, these last four years have been, like, amazing. And I, I attribute a lot of it to just really understanding who we are the better and 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 i would say this it's hard to love people you don't know you Mm -hmm. know and so the more we know each other the more we know ourselves the opportunity love well yeah presents itself you know and so um to show grace to show mercy and it's hard sometimes to show grace and mercy when we don't we don't know why or what's going on you know but when we see you know kind of what's going on then it's it becomes a little easier so I think you're pretty accurate about
0: my uh, me being a two with a three wing. I think that's spot on, actually, and I've I've resisted being pinned pinned down, and I've kind of enjoyed not being pinned down. But I think, you know, if I'm if I'm completely honest with myself, I think that's that's pretty
1: much me. Yeah. It, me. it doesn't mean like again, we have all nine of these traits in us. It's just that it's kind mm-hmm. of you know I think one of the brilliant ways Anitra sort of teaches this stuff is she'll say. She actually has this exercise where she makes everybody, she says, everyone take out a pen and a paper and write your name. You know, and so everybody Man. writes it with their dominant hand. I and mean, then she says, now write your name with your other hand. And she says, it's not that you can't write your name with your non-dominant hand; It's just that we naturally do it with the dominant hand, right? And so that's, that's really mm. what we're talking about here. Like the two with a three wing is your natural dominant hand. That's just how you typically process mm. stuff. I think I'm a 10, Bro, you're a (laughs) hundred. You're you're five stars. (laughs) It's interesting because like the two and the seven, like you guys just sort of scratch each other's itch, metaphorically speaking. I mean, it's funny because my wife and I joke like, man, we're so opposite. Like we don't, like, how did we get together? The three and the nine. You know, like I was born for conflict and she hates conflict. So the more that we like understand these things about each other, the the clear, the more focus we have and communication gets a little bit easier along the way. So and so we're talking about marriage, but obviously this applies to parenting, too. You know,
0: as your kids grow up, what's what's a resource that uh, the listeners can check out to, to learn a little bit more and i
1: would highly recommend people to visit your enneagram coach.com beth mccord m-c-c-o-r-d beth mccord because and that's because beth does a really good job of coming at the enneagram from a gospel lens the, the challenge with anything is that we can Look at the Enneagram, the Myers Briggs, whatever, and, and we we can look at it in a way that doesn't actually point us to the Lord and what the Lord wants to really do in our life and in our family's life. And she does a great job of using the Enneagram as a tool to help us grow closer to Jesus. So she's got these great things that talk about like based upon your number, what's the gospel implication? You know, how do we How do we, you know, and and sometimes we have weaknesses. So what's the idols or the sin? She's got a free assessment on there, by the way, that you can take. that will tell you what Mm -hmm. your number is. um, And then you can dive a little bit deeper into some of the resources that she has there. I don't even know Beth personally, so I'm not promoting anything here. I don't make any money off of this. It's just that as my wife and I have learned for us and for our family, we've just found her her website to be really helpful. Yeah, and it sounds like
0: you know, given your profession, you know, it sounds like that's a very you know Christian focused uh, resource. Is there a, say, a neutral one as well that that you've referred to before?
1: I think the one that I'm going to recommend. So you want to look up a guy named Ian Cron, Ian. I-A-N Cron C R O N. He wrote a book called The Road Back to You. He's got a website. He's got a ton of resources. Yeah, that's probably a little more non-Christian-y, if you will. I do think Ian is a Christian, but I don't think he I don't think the stuff he writes necessarily is like from a hyper Christian worldview or perspective. There's a lot of stuff. Richard Rohr r-o-h-r if you google richard Rohr and the enneagram you'll find some cool resources he's a franciscan priest in the catholic church a little different take so beth Mm -hmm. your enneagram coach would come from more of a protestant christian kind of perspective richard Rohr comes from more of a catholic um and actually the catholics are the ones who really kind of brought enneagram to sort of the mainstream uh, market if you will Mm. and then ian's kind of in between
0: I like to refer lately to the enneagram as the Christian horoscope. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, that's funny. The Christian horoscope.
0: Number sevens—they love ham sandwiches. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love ham sandwiches. Maybe I'm a seven.
1: You know what I love? Fortune cookies. I love fortune cookies. <laughs> you are obviously a three. Oh my and the god! The best way, by the way, the best way. To read fortune cookies is to add the words in bed at the end of every fortune you read you will come into great fortune in bed like it's amazing it's a pro-dad move it's something it's something it's something to teach (laughs) kids when they're older and it's a little more appropriate for your teenagers you know if you want to be like a cool dad you're like hey guys check this out in bed (laughs) are you a cool dad do your kids think you're cool not anymore I, I think I used to be. That's probably healthy. I think I used to be, and then I don't know. Maybe it's because I got fat. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I don't know what to tell you. People are gonna Google me and be like, "That's that's the pro dad. He's a fat dude." <laughs> 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 and then they're gonna take a they're gonna look at a picture of my wife and be like, "Why is she with him?" Um, all right, let me ask
0: you this. Uh, so you have two boys. You have two girls. What what has been kind of like a very obvious difference, you know, in, in your, kind of your relationship with your boys versus, you know, your girls who came in uh, like the second half
1: or, yeah, or came in later? I, I think the obvious difference has been, and I really am not trying to stereotype this, but like my boys have been more prone to having conversations that, mm-hmm. that don't really have like emotional weight to them. But with my daughters, the conversations have, like, way more emotional weight to them, you know? Um, so with my daughters, it's more like, how do you feel about that? And with my sons, it's what do you think about that, you know? Um, if I ask my, my boys, like, how do you feel about that? They're like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that, you know? And my daughter's is just like, how do you, what do you think? She's like, what do you mean? What do I think? And they would say, I don't know. I was like, well, how do you feel about that? Well, I feel like, you know, and they, so, so I think that's like the been the most obvious between the boys and the girls. Wow.
0: That's fascinating.
1: So cool to me. But I do want to be careful to say, like, I don't know that that's true for every family and every girl and every mm-hmm. boy that that's going to be the way it is. I'm just describing How it's been with my kids, and maybe part of it is because, like, I tend to be less emotional as a guy in my house, and very in my head. You know, everything's logical. Everything's like, you know, what do we think about that? But my wife always brings more of a feely, emotional side to the conversation. You know, as as a nine, as someone who's very harmonious, wants everyone to be happy and have a good time. Whereas like, to me, it's like, that's not the most important thing. To me, the most important thing is like, what's the goal and how do we accomplish the goal? You know? And so it's more from like a logical systemic sort of approach, you know? And so maybe, maybe my boys have been shaped because of that in me and my girls have been shaped that way because of my wife. I don't know. I mean, that's just been my experience.
0: Yeah. And you know, it sounds funny because like, you talk about how, how completely different you and your wife are, but I feel like that must bring a sense of balance in your home, The fact that you guys have such strong inclinations either way very good there's balance there's chi in my home i mean is that clear am i
1: am i way off i mean if if balance is like that we fight all the time sure (laughs) (laughs) Then, then we have attained well balance okay i mean so anitra and i have been doing ministry together for 24 25 years now And I would say for sure, Mm -hmm. like, and and I joke about the fighting all the time. I mean, we do fight regularly. She coaches me and I coach her. It's it's great. I really do love doing ministry with my wife. The hardest thing has been helping her see her value and what she brings to the table because nines typically don't see what they bring to the table. They downplay their strengths. And I'm like, for years, I'm like, babe, you're such a great teacher. Not that she needs to be like a school teacher, but like you need to be in front of people helping them understand truth. And now she got she got Myers-Briggs certified and now she's getting Enneagram certified and she teaches a workshop on Myers-Briggs and Enneagram, all this stuff. She's been doing these workshops and people, we give them a survey, like, hey, evaluate it, whatever, across the board. People are like, this changed my life. This was amazing. I love it. And she's like, me? No, no, they're just saying that. I'm like, no, they're not just saying it. They like, <laughs> you really are amazing. So I feel like for so many years, she's been like my encouragement and kind of building me up and, and, and kind of helping me. But like now she's getting to experience some of that. And it's, it's great. Yeah, there is this support balance. It's been awesome.
0: And how can people find out more about the, the training that she's offering?
1: We haven't really gotten our brand or marketing put together yet. I mean, but they could email her. Her name's Anitra, A-N-I-T-R-A, Carbo, C-A-R-B-O, at gmail.com. And the workshop she does is called Calling Lab. It's Mm -hmm. basically a one-day workshop that helps people discover their calling in life and it doesn't necessarily mean vocational calling, but, like, people are trying to figure out, like, what does God have for me? What does he want for me in this season of my life? And so she has, like, a, a one-day workshop with a process that kind of leads them through that. And it's been pretty amazing. There you go. Calling, calling lab. Calling lab.
0: Well, that's it for today. One more time, some of those resources you mentioned. You mentioned Beth McCord at your Enneagramcoach.com. Ian Crone, um, the author of The Road Back to You. Richard Rohr, who authored a book called Discovering the Enneagram. And of course, Anitra's training at Calling Lab. So some great resources to look up. Thanks again, Jesse. And one last thing I want to encourage uh, the listeners is um, if you're using the Anchor app, you can actually leave a message for us to play. And uh, if you leave it, we might play it on a future episode. So I encourage you to do that. Um, You can check that out at the app called anchor.fm. Until next
1: time, have a good one. See ya.